right, everybody, it is your favorite time of the week on a different day, so this is your new favorite time of the week with myself, your host, Warlock Recall, and my co-host, Syntax. Welcome once again to Check Your Six Podcast. How you doing? Hey, everyone. Hey, Joe. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Just been, uh, been a busy week, so I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the diva that made us reschedule, so... <laughs> Well, you know, like we're doing this out of out of the goodness of our hearts to help these poor college students find some joy in their school from from home, school from their dorm room, school from online hell that you're paying way too much for. Find some, we're helping <laughs> wow. them find some joy in their lives and for their friends to see what they do for fun. Sorry, my dog decided to start nipping at my toes. Did I wake you up? I am so sorry. Did you find a nice cozy spot? And there New you go. pupper. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's okay. Now he's curled up against my foot. We're good now. Uh, hmm. Welcome, homie Migs, in chat. Nice to have you around once again. We'll look for your wonderful insight once again and flavor commentary. So if uh, if you get other people in, maybe you, they'll be on the show too. Uh, we've got a couple. A couple weeks to catch up on we didn't broadcast on monday so we got we missed out on uh being current with week four but we will go into those matches and sets uh, setups as well but we also have a lot of week five in cea to cover and some pretty cool match results to talk about from cr6 as well and we'll jump into a little bit of the uh, Face It League preseason. They're calling the fall season their preseason. They've come out and said that this is how they are going to get everyone hyped up and ready for the real season in the spring. So this is going to be uh, a big deal uh, starting for teams getting ready. And like Homie Migs is saying in chat, uh, we'll see We'll see some teams are in Southern Esports Invitational, so that's pretty cool. And a lot of matches for Face It and CR6 were today. So that's a lot of week five matchups for CR6 and week three matchups, I believe, for Face It. So we'll cover most of week four for CR6, but weeks four and five in CEA. And we're not going to go too much into the matches in Face It, but we'll talk about that a little bit later and we'll, we'll tell you why. Diving right into the Rogue Spear division of CEA, we have reigning champions Akron surprise sitting there on top of the pile five and zero, taking down each of their teams each of the opponents in their league one time through decisively in a best of two map setup winning both matches both maps each time uh which as we look in the stats and we talk about that you'll see how different that is from all the other teams which is an impressive feat once again for akron to have pulled off this level of performance consistently across what two and a half years now uh so yeah. akron five and zero, fifteen 15 points around differential of 47 I, I i literally don't think anyone can catch up they could lose every game from here on well and so and this is it like be. they had they had a five-week season this is deter the the playoff teams are determined so oh, we can break down just they just flat line flat stomped everybody and so they'll easily be seated number one going into the playoffs uh so but things get interesting after first place because the next three teams are tied in points two of the teams have identical records with a difference in round differential of one so cu boulder black is in second because of a higher round differential their round differential zero goose egg which is crazy to think that that's second place because CU Boulder Black in this league is two partial wins meaning they won one map and then drew the second map so two partial wins that, those were their best results of a five-week season in CEA I, hold on to that hold on to that two, two partial wins two draws and one loss and they are in second place that is such that is the most odd scoring i've ever seen from a team before right and i mean that's like the seattle seahawks having a losing record and making it to the playoffs like what you... that happened this is happening this is weird this is, what an interesting we will, result 
And exactly. And when we look at the next results, it's going to be even more interesting. Michigan Tech University had one win for three points, one partial win for two points, and one draw for one point, and then two losses. And so they're in third place. Even though they have the same amount of points, they're in third place because of round differential. Their round differential is minus five. That's third place, and they're going to the playoffs. Like it goes, the round differentials goes insanely positive <laughs> to zero to negative. Like there's no like, there's there's no mid mid positive. It's just yep. it's all like highly positive and then just low plummets. And so fourth place, uh, Pennsylvania State University again six points, one win, one partial win, one draw, and two losses. Their round differential is minus six. So that one round put them into the fourth seed for their division, which we'll have to see how that pans out because the top four teams from this division and the top four teams from Ravenshield, the other division, they'll be seeded one through eight. So when we look at the round differentials here, because there is no middle ground positive, you can almost guarantee, we'll look at the stats for the other division in a second, but you can almost guarantee that CU Boulder Black, Michigan Tech, and Pennsylvania State are going to be seated on that low end of the top eight overall. So Rogue Spear has Akron carrying the division's hope of pulling home a championship. So take the teams aside and put them into a division and say, who's the best representative of Collegiate Rainbow Six? And if CU Boulder, Michigan Tech, Pennsylvania State, if they want to write off of saying, hey, we, we, we at least lost to the champions. If they want to pull that at least card, by all means, let them. But it means that their hopes of pulling home a championship in their division comes from Akron, which is not a bad horse to put your bet on, just to be blatantly obvious. Uh, the other two teams in the division, they're just done. So CSULB, to much to my surprise, one win, four losses, negative thirteen round differential, which, ouch. Uh, well, it, does, it doesn't add up because when I look at the other, it's like they didn't care about this league, because you if you look at the other the other leagues and their stats in their leagues, you know, and CR six. CSU will be they've got three wins you know they're sitting in third place for their conference you know out of however many I didn't count them but and then you look at face it I forget what group they were in I think it was like C or D mm -hmm. E whatever I, wherever it is I, I just saw them well I mean they have they were they net positive wins. wins. Yeah. yeah, and they even have that in CR6. And they're in third place in the Mountain Pacific division. Yeah. Only second, third place. And they're third place, assuming they, they don't lose um, in week five, which we'll, we'll find out soon. But if they say they win week five and they're four, four and one, CU Boulder Black being 5-0 and oh in the same division. But CU Boulder Black is in the same league, and we're getting into this already. Jumping ship, kind of comparing notes across leagues, and I like doing this. CU Boulder Black has is winless, winless in CEA, with CSULB also having one win and four losses. CSULB is just not performing in CEA, and neither is CU Boulder Black, because CU Boulder Black is 5-0. and oh in CR6. This is like so the, weird. Yeah, it's like the, both those teams joined CEA and then they were just like, screw it. You know, they, they wanted to focus their attention on the other leagues, which is perfectly fine, but you might as well just withdraw from the league, you know? Yeah, and so, but at the same time, maybe this is how close these two teams are in performance. Three and a, three and one, four and uh, four and zero, oh, or five and zero, oh, and possibly three and one, or uh, four and one for CSULB. Oh, so they, they they're close Alden. in CR six, but I Michigan. Think, go ahead. 
I think we have Olvin in chat here from from Boulder Black. He might be able to shine some light. <laughs> yeah, on... I mean, don't get me wrong, Olvin. Partial two partial wins still totally counts. I mean, you're in second place because of those partial wins, and it was so close. I mean, with a zero round differential, you are so close to going positive and starting to pull off wins. All three of these teams, I, I don't want to take anything away from them. It's a highly competitive playoff or division around these three teams. Michigan Tech, CU Boulder Black, and Pennsylvania State. And so, I mean, it's highly competitive between those three. And that's why we don't see much in between but at the same time they still had to play CSUL or uh yeah they still had to play CSULB and Arizona State who are just like not at all performing negative 13 negative 23 round differential four losses or two draws and three losses for Arizona State like they're to me those two teams look like they're out of their depth when you compare them to Pennsylvania State Michigan Tech and CU Boulder Black but then see those three teams are so close to each other that mm -hmm. it's hard to really negotiate who's doing well and who's like not paying attention to CEA. It's hard to draw that. So we give them the benefit of the doubt saying they are being competitive, they are playing. And just when you look at CR6 with CSULB and CU Boulder Black being in the same division and close to each other, and we can see that Michigan Tech is in a different division but they're also, they've fallen a little bit, but they're also, they also might be up against very different competitive teams. Maybe Mountain Pacific just isn't as competitive overall as what we're thinking. Uh, Homie Miggs is okay. saying he, he heard that CSU will be lost two or three players that were hard carries. That's going to be a big deal. That's going, I mean, yeah. that's huge. Because he said that uh, teams or Teams that qualified for Premier CEA at the end of the spring didn't have the same people on the rosters as in the fall. Um, and that makes sense. I, and, but also, it doesn't make sense on, the, on the, the league's part because this is a college league. You know that between semesters, people are going to leave and people are going to rejoin. So why would you have qualifiers in one season and then continue that in the in the in the in the next if, if i'm reading that correctly so i feel like you should qualify and play in the same in the same season but yeah i get what you're saying and that makes total sense yeah and uh olvin also saying that cu boulder black also lost two carries so they're it makes more sense they're both in the same place and maybe both of the all of these teams like michigan tech i don't know their stat uh, their status of their team but they kind of came out of nowhere to be competitive so maybe this is just seeing where the two team uh, the three teams are colliding because csuob and cu boulder have fallen a little bit from where they were at least in cea and having them match up this way it it's putting three teams that are very close to each other actually in competition. It's just that Akron mm -hmm. is that much farther ahead of everybody. Yeah. Which it's a, it's a comparable data point for those teams to be like, okay, we're not on, in our final form. We can consider Akron the final form and where where people should could aim to be. Uh, that's enough about Rogue Spear. Going over to Raven Shield, Raven Shield we see what looks to be a more competitive middle, but at the same time, we see a crazy drop-off in round differential. RIT, top of the stack, uh, runners up to last uh, spring's championship to Akron, so we might get a rematch, uh, rematch of last spring's championship, which would be great. I would love to see RIT uh, take it to Akron just to be like, this far and no farther. Uh, RIT, three wins, one partial win. Uh, so that's only four rounds, so I got to see what their fifth week looks like. But it's all—it's entirely possible FIU pulls off a win or pulls off a greater score um, gain this week, and they take the number one seat. Entirely possible. Uh, so we got RIT with 11 points, FIU with 10, Madison, uh, Wisconsin, uh, one win, three draws, one loss, negative two round differential in third. Carnegie Mellon 
four points, one win, one draw, three losses, negative 22 round differentials. So looking at those, thinking about the top four, if if this was if Raven Shield is what we were going to go into the playoffs with, we would have Carnegie Mellon in eighth. We would have Pennsylvania State in seventh, Michigan Tech in uh, sixth, Madison in fifth, CU Boulder Black in fourth. That's not right. Yeah, fourth, Florida third, RIT second and Akron um, Akron first so I mean that's a pretty good step up but when you look at when you consider how far down we look at round differential and everything uh, we we're going to see like the top four be a very different caliber of team so RIT FIU Akron and then CU Boulder Black kind of bringing up the rear with their zero round differential uh at the moment at least we'll have to see how it breaks down into playoffs because apparently they're going to be competitive with three of the uh, eight teams that are there um four five of the teams so five of the teams they'll stand a chance at pulling through uh it's going to be a challenge for them i think for any of those bottom four and cu boulder it's going to be a challenge to make it past round one um thinking about that so what a lot of teams know what work is in front of them they're going to be so those four teams on each side going to be seated one through eight and they'll go through um, playoffs as you would expect the bottom two teams of each division will be facing relegation to play the top four teams of the open league and so we'll have four new teams potentially joining us in the spring to cover and see if maybe we can flatten out this extreme bell curve a little bit more and see some uh more competitive matches i suppose or less drastically one-sided uh, and that, that's pretty much CEA where we're looking for re- week five to be pulled up. And I actually have some notes. So week five, uh, Pennsylvania State. OK, yeah. Pennsylvania State versus Michigan Tech was their last matchup. It was a 7-3 on Oregon for Pennsylvania State. Uh, 6-6 tie on Clubhouse. So a partial win for PSU. And that was their last match of the of the open or of the season. So they had a potential to get, what was that, another point. That would have put them directly into second place had they had won just a flat-out win. So that would have given them seven points and uh, seven points total instead of six. So, And because of the round differential, that actually puts them to the bottom of the six-stack points. Ah, exciting stuff with CEA. I love like uh, the data shows excitement. The data shows reasons to look forward to any match of the week, basically, because everything is so tight and so close. Uh, the playoffs should start the week of the twenty-first, so not until around Wednesday. So that will be the first place team versus eighth place, fourth versus fifth, second versus seventh third versus sixth and i'll just wait until uh, a little bit longer to confirm who those teams are going to be but we have some stuff to look forward to each week all the way through december 2nd so a full month of exceptional matches from cea coming up okay yeah this is exciting Uh, i'm gonna switch on over to cr6 to show you show off the standings now that's not my spreadsheet but it'll do for showing off here we have everything through week four now there's two matchups that i want to call out that i was able to track down some data on we got cu boulder black olven congratulations for being five and oh in the mountain pacific division of cr6 after beating cal esports so that's a huge boon as they'll be heading into the playoffs undefeated that's got to be a great vibe so there's a lot of hard work on that team, which, again, that's just what surprises me about their CEA performance. Two partial wins, or two draws, no wins, and it's just 
how how does this happen uh i want to dive into the data so bad uh so cu boulder and on this spreadsheet uh, there's a known bug with round differentials that they've got to figure out. So don't, as they say, take a dump truck size load of salt with a round differential and don't read into it too badly. But the, for the most part, this is up to date through week four. Um, moving on. So we got, we'll have CU Boulder Black 5-0, and Cal State 4-1. and We'll look for CSULB to see if they can pull off a 4-1 and as well. Boise State hanging in there. They were starting to be competitive last season, and here they are, top dogs in Mountain Pacific. I look forward to see how deep they can go into the playoffs, and at the moment, they're qualifying for Premier, which is pretty great. Uh, Oregon State on that cusp of making it into Premier. They're one of my dark horses I was really looking forward to. I think uh, Homie Miggs was also looking forward to them being a dark horse as well. Uh, CU Boulder Gold, B-team coming in strong looking like they'll make some playoffs as well that's great for cu boulder esports to show off what they've got maybe get a little more notice on campus uh over to the midwest purdue surprising me coming through strong and pulling off uh win after win apparently and to go up against uh illinois state and our favorite acronym is back CGC UIC or Competitive Gaming Club at University of Illinois Chicago. Thank you guys for coming back and making my life hell. Trying to remember what your a, acronym. What a, what a what a name. What, what a, a name. name. Look at us. Here we are. CGC UIC. We're good. We're good. Uh, so welcome back to the Premier Playoffs. That's pretty awesome. Uh, University of Wisconsin Whitewater, they've been around. They're doing well, pulling through. The I want to I want to look at the round differential. I want to use that. And I mean, this looks pretty clean as as we go down. So, I mean, if I ha if, if we take it with a dumpster tier uh, load of salt, we're still seeing really competitive. Yeah, it drops off, but you're going to have on that bell curve. You're going to see that. For teams who are four and one, five and zero, oh, you're going to see that fall off, and it's going to get closer. I like seeing that it's getting to the negatives at the bottom of those qualifying for playoffs. Meaning, when they won, they were winning by greater margins than just a round or two. But uh, we're 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 getting there. These teams are getting really competitive, even all the way down to the bottom. So, with this many teams, yeah, you would hope to see competitive teams being the ones who make it into the playoffs, which. CR6 has done a great job vetting these groups, even even locally, like really making those calls about where they go. And for the B teams who get shuffled into different divisions so that they're not playing their varsity squads, like this is still creating a really competitive environment and the, the integrity of the league is maintained really well. Let's see, what else is going on? Illinois State, I mean, they belong at the top, no, no doubt. Uh, Longhorn Gaming and Texas Tech was actually pl being played when I started getting ready for the show. So that one's probably wrapped up or just about ready to. And last I saw, Texas Tech was up one map to zero. So good luck to them. To, to be honest, if I'm going to be 1,000% honest, I did not expect Longhorns to be in first place. Maybe, Maybe I'm out of the loop, but last time... Last time I heard about Longhorn, the the Longhorn team, like mm -hmm. I didn't think they were a first place team, but I guess they are. Yeah, so that's I mean, surprising to me. You got to look forward to those kind of upsets and seeing how teams can surprise us. I mean, the one thing that we really need to be cognizant of is how much these teams can change season to season. I mean, we yeah. don't, and I mean, beyond the teams, we got to look at the clubs themselves, the varsity teams. Is the school actively recruiting now? Some schools are actively recruiting players for their for specific games. Like Maryville is all over Overwatch and League of Legends. The first, I mean, Akron, for all I know, or Saints Gaming could be pitching scholarships for Rainbow Six. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a different caliber of team. And so, like, we, there's so many moving parts in collegiate esports that it's really hard to say why one team falls off over another. Okay, Homie Migs confirms St. Clair 
uh, yeah. esports was recruiting for Siege. So, you know what's funny is like when we this podcast when we first started talking about it, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? I wonder if the the rise of Siege is actually going to influence people's decision on where they go to college because of where who they want to play for. It is now. I wonder if it is actually going to happen. Yeah, I guess so. If they're if they're actively recruiting people to go to their college, then colleges are actively recruiting. Ubisoft is formally supporting this. Face it is doing the marketing and publishing and providing opportunity and large prize pools. Universities getting free, essentially free, because their scholarships and their support just have to be like room and board or even just a little bit of assistance because no one's expecting to go to college on a full ride right now for playing mm-hmm. esports the the return is possibly even bigger than just a, a, a few thousand dollars so recruiting especially in this covid era where traditional sports teams are having their seasons cut and canceled some schools are able to rejigger their finances for what was going to go to a traditional sports team and put it towards esports some colleges are doing that which mm-hmm. is like crazy opportunity if they've if those schools have started putting the infra like investing in the infrastructure and starting to actually legitimately try and understand uh esports because what you can see is the same kind of mentality of that you see in professional esports like oh i'm going to start an esports team it's going to be great but then they never play their pay they never pay their players and they just fall off the face of the earth because they weren't actually there to be legitimate guides into esports you can have some colleges doing that but they won't mm-hmm. last long they'll get see oh we didn't get anybody or we didn't perform well we didn't win so cancel the program cancel this investigation and then they'll be out but the school the kids who go to that school for that reason who are recruited for that reason even though the university doesn't fully belong it believe in it they're going to be shit out of luck which is going to suck but we're yeah. going to have to have that boom and bust aspect of it as well but yes absolutely i think we will start seeing more colleges take rainbow six more seriously but right now they're focusing a lot on like league of legends and overwatch because that's where attention was drawn and it's Mm -hmm. i mean there's also some content concerns from schools about the style of game as well uh overwatch has a fictional rapper to it as well as no blood or anything like that and it's very science fictiony so they get that pass and league of legends third person cartoony all that kind of stuff so rainbow six falls in a different uh, realm all all in itself and so the considerations for a university to promote that kind of activity is another level of barrier so interesting stuff but not not the league discussion that we're going for but tidbits for everyone if you want to learn more you can check out the other podcast that i do called the summoning hour where i talk directly with college esports clubs and directors and everyone just to get lay of the land of what esports is like at each school and trying to do more with it so if you have suggestions feel free to reach out to me at anger.fm slash the summoning hour slash message or at warlock or call on twitter all good and you can do the same thing for this podcast too if you have input that you weren't able to join us for the show with uh, anchor.fm slash check your six slash message and leave your feedback there. We'll work it into the podcast. Love having community inputs. So if you have that idea that goes off your head 3 a.m. because you're thinking nothing about my podcast and Rainbow Six, you can go, I'm going to leave that guy a message and you can do that and you'll be on the podcast most likely. So it's always think fun about- when we get messages because it, it gives us something more to talk about than just numbers, right? Right. And if you ever want to be an interview guest or a guest to come on here and talk the numbers with us, by all means, mm-hmm. reach out. We love having guests and having interviews and gives us a little more insight into the league from a player perspective and what's going on from what you know with boots on the ground because we're casual outside observers trying to make sense of this collegiate world. So. Uh, any help that you have, any data you have is highly valuable to us. Uh, moving on, so Longhorn Gaming doing very well. I mean, they, they were part of the, the death group uh, in, what was it? Uh, what was the league? 
the league that shut down over the summer. I forget the name. It was the one run by C- Space Station. CRSL? CRSL. That was the acronym. So they were in the group of death. They were right there alongside uh, UTSA, U- uh, A&M, Texas Tech. They were all right there. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised that they're doing well. I might be a little surprised that they're doing this well. I mean, because UTSA, UT Arlington, Oklahoma State, also another dark horse, the uh, Cajuns, Mississippi State University. Yeah, the more I look at this division, Gulf Coast, I'm terrified of this squad. I'm terrified of this. Like, these, <laughs> the teams who are going into the playoffs from this group are going to go far. Hands down, that's, that's my, like... Yes, yes, this is happening. Like these teams are going to do incredibly well. Uh, Southern Division, Ohio State on top, four and zero. Georgia Tech, four and zero. They'll be playing this week, so we'll have a decisive five and zero team uh, coming out from this group. Uh, University of San Francisco, I believe. Uh, Bowls, three. Uh, University of Georgia red i mean they've been around for a while since i first started covering the scene so they're doing well uh well enough to make it into the premiere we'll see if they've grown much or if they're just kind of going to keep holding the line uh michigan state university team who came out of nowhere they're sitting here in premiere pretty sweet uh Mm -hmm. southern florida that was that's right uh university of southern florida so many so many possible names for these acronyms and i've got to start drilling flashcards with names and acronyms and being like okay uh virginia tech uh, i mean i'm surprised to see them here to be honest university of kentucky another team that historically has done okay like bottom of the middle um they've pulled up their performance well enough to be here so that's pretty sweet florida polytechnic university this is kind of low for what I expect from them. Kennesaw State University, same thing. Um, Tennessee Tech, uh, honestly don't know much about them. Liberty Red, don't know much about them. You commented on UCF not being in CEA. And yeah. I mean, for this might be an, in, this might in, indicate a little bit why, like bottom bottom of the open league quali- or open playoff qualifica- qualifiers right now with only two wins out of five weeks or four weeks on the spreadsheet so what i mean happened? I, my guess is that the player like the All golden the player, boy yeah. golden player just left, left. Gra- graduated yeah. stopped playing whatever the reason like the squad's just not the same um bgsu i don't know anything about them uh university of michigan michigan is showing up strong so University of Michigan, Michigan State was uh, up here. And then you have Michigan Technological University over in the Midwest Division also qualifying. So three Michigan oh. teams. Oh, it's UCF's B team that's in the South Division. Okay. Oh. UCF A team is in CEA Division 6. Oh, okay. So they split their squads okay. across leagues. Interesting. Interesting. That's good to know. Thank you, C. Jomo. And we still got to have you on the podcast. You should reach out and we'll make a time work. Uh, moving over to... Oh, wrong tab. Let's go back. Let's show off for everybody. Uh, so that was the Southern Division. Uh, we've got the last group, University of Montreal versus Akron. That, actually, I have a read on, which is Akron winning surprisingly not really uh to be five and oh in the northern division after beating university of montreal so akron five and oh two leagues going into the playoffs i i think i have to go with i think it was homie Miggs who called out last or a couple weeks ago saying that akron might actually be stronger than last year i i i kind of have to look at this and agree uh, I want to see if they're I have to imagine that they're in the face it league I just it's so damn hard to find what teams are where uh, on their face it website which we'll get into that face it I have feedback for you um, St. Clair esports they're recruiting for Rainbow Six they're top three not a play, not a bad place to be 
uh, NGIT Highlanders. We see them over in uh, CEA also. I don't believe they were doing well. So let's, uh, they were one of those bottom teams as well. So uh, to see them doing well here just maybe goes to show the different levels of skills in their in their matchups so uh it because they all they were also participating with stockton university um so these two teams were facing each other and they're relatively close to each other round different again grain of salt with the round differential but three wins 12 round differential two wins 11 round differential that tells me it's pretty tight uh, at a glance at least uh Northeastern Club is on here. FSU is on here. Alfred State. I had a lot of high hopes for them. Uh, I believe they lost to Akron, and it just kind of looks – that was a couple of weeks ago, and it looks like they just kind of slumped a little <laughs> bit. But they're making do. They're still qualifying for playoffs, so uh, that's that's one achievement to look forward to or look forward to and to hang your hats on, especially because this is one of the first years that they've been competitive in Rainbow Six. Um, yeah, Boston University up here. Toledo, I'm kind of surprised by. I, I don't remember them being here. Ah, ah, so this this is actually important. Ohio State University, Scarlet. This is their A team. Scarlet is the is their A team if that holds true. So this is a southern or a yeah southern team by default, or maybe they were considered northern and they put the B team over in southern. But the fact that their A team is fourth to St. Clair, Akron, and Mon uh, Montreal after four weeks. Again, doesn't have fifth week data, but Ohio State B team is four and O at this point, going up against a Georgia Tech A team, A squad. Mm -hmm. And and so the University of Ohio State University has two squads that are just stacked kind of like cu boulder over in the mountain mountain pacific cu boulder black second or first and then cu boulder gold still qualifying for playoffs and with olvin in here maybe he can give us some insight on uh on how cu boulder gold's fifth week went but i mean we're starting to see some of these universities have enough talent to go multiple teams deep which is, and I believe this is why Face It instituted the 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 rule that a school can only have um, one team in their competitive league, but as many teams as they want in their um, essentially intramural league, entertainment league. Yeah. Uh, and actually, to go back to my CU Boulder comparison, apparently the B squad lost, so they may be out of playoff contention, which would be really unfortunate. It's essentially down to making sure that not too many other two two win teams won and that their round differential doesn't plummet. Uh, if they do well or well enough, uh, they could cling on to a playoff qualifying spot. I'll be really interested in seeing how that data breaks down. But Ohio State, they are definitely doing that. Uh, They're so, definitely having two teams. I might have missed it, but it's Cal Cal Esports in the on the very right hand yeah. column. Is that Cal Berkeley? Uh I don't know. Let's see if we can find out. That's the only thing I can think of that's just Cal Esports, right? Let's see. How are we doing? How are we doing? Let's see. Stats. Stats. You couldn't give me good stats. The, those hippies up at Berkeley. <laughs> uh, that's summer stats. But let's see. Team Cal. No, it's not going to be listed here. That's unfortunate. Uh, let's see. Do I have a different spreadsheet open? Match lists. That's not the one I'm looking for. Uh, it's not that one either. I have a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, that's okay. We can yeah, we can yeah, look, we'll, look it up later. I don't know if it's Cal Berkeley. Uh, Olvin is saying he thinks it is Berkeley. It would make sense because all the California State teams are uh, CSU something something. 
and yeah. uh so yeah that that sounds like it would be right either it's cal Just, berkeley or cal poly that's one of those two cal poly usually identifies as cp or cal poly okay uh, when i've seen them in esports so that's them that's cr6 at a glance through week four with a little bit of updates through five which we'll have to talk through the rest of the outcomes uh next weekend because it looks like our our new streaming time is going to be uh on weekends so we're going to accommodate life how dare we uh but we will be broadcasting on weekends so hopefully more of you all in the community can join us and we'll start your weekends off right with a little bit of cr6 with your coffee perhaps maybe with a little lunchtime blt uh nice light lunch to go with some heavy hitting topics in the collegiate rainbow six uh universe now we're, we're going to shift to the last league and keep it relatively short because it's hard to have a lot to talk about with face it in the preseason it's cool that they're looking at the fall being their preseason and the spring being like the main event. I like that approach. Let's a lot of these new teams, new members really formulate a strategy without having that implied pressure on them outside of the fact that they want to try and get better. And this is an opportunity to be competitive. It's like free scrims. It's scheduled scrims, mm -hmm. being able to be adapt on the fly, practice that adaptability without necessarily knowing who you're going to be going up against. So it, does, it also doesn't help that CR6 has like, or not CR6, but face it has a, like 20 groups yeah 25 groups 125 teams five teams per group and uh, i'm going to show this to you because it's silly i'm going to show this to you this is how a group looks like uh, i'll zoom in a little bit there you go group a <laughs> group b you get five five teams again five teams five teams five teams and so the standings really don't tell you a whole lot like you can click on a team you see their matchups, team stats. It doesn't tell you how their matches or match history. Match history is not available. Well, that's not helpful. Yeah. Uh, you you go over to matches and you get group group A all rounds ongoing. There's nothing ongoing. Why would I want to default to this? The path, uh, upcoming matches. You can see all the matches that are coming up. But what they don't tell you is that every team gets one by. So they so passed past round one norwich gets a buy and each team will get one buy per week so it looks like there's five five uh weeks which will really just be a couple matches uh round one you get to see how the five teams broke down that's cool you get the dates and the times when the matches happened and for anything in the future hey you can look at when it's going to be broadcast or when it's scheduled it's the default time so maybe it's yeah. not as helpful but I, if that gets updated live when the teams negotiate and being able to subscribe and say hey a new match is coming on that's awesome before that we started the cast the media tab also tells you that there's a stream going on if someone's tagged up but there's not necessarily great identifiers about which teams are playing there's not great identifiers about who is who in the match so you don't get the overlays to really help out which is a bit a bit of a big deal for anyone trying to spectating trying to spectate but the fact that you have to go through 25 groups to try and find the team because even in the team list you can't just search for all the teams you can't just find the team that you're looking for you actually have to click through each and every one of them and like the status that doesn't help playing not playing uh, like yeah I, I don't you know what, what i find ironic is the fact that they took the time to separate separate the entire us into sections right for all those mm -hmm. schools and then they're like okay you guys are in all these different divisions we're just gonna draw names out of a hat for the for the groups you know just screw it and yeah. uh and they're they're not seated because they don't have any data on these teams or they did have data from the other leagues if they wanted to use that but they decided not to so they're round robining everything mixing and matching everything uh like what was it group yeah it was group d that we looked at can uh Kittering university no idea who they are no idea where where they're from uh with and here's the other thing when you go back it resets your choice so i have to remember what group i was looking at when i want to go back 
Huh. Nobody UX this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But Elon is on there, Rowan University and University of Hawaii Manoa. Like, there's such a weird mix up that it's going they, to be bizarre. It, they need to take things into consideration. Like, CJ just said, he goes, We're in North Carolina and we have to play University of Hawaii. That matchup is going to suck just for because, latency, everything. Yeah ping issues unless unless you're on the west coast like you're the, the ping between matches is going to be horrendous yeah yeah exactly and there, there it doesn't look like there's any accommodation for that which is a, a pretty pretty abysmal planning to be honest I, I mean again they know the regional uh, regionality of this they could have set that up you, like, i mean you could you could have been looking at a league very closely aligned like cr6 it's not even like that, that that shouldn't even have taken any effort to even think about like oh this hawaii group is is placed in a group with a bunch of east coasters maybe that's probably not a good idea yeah and like i, mean, I don't know and i mean homie makes calling out the groups were made friendly and mixed up for the preseason and the main season will be regionalized but like regardless no, they should just no. they should have just seen that and been like okay you know what let's put them in a group with west with west coasters yeah i'm going to put my i'm going to put my producer hat on and be like at any point in time when you can reduce risk that's what you do at this point they could have been doing something to reduce the risk to the competitive integrity of their season by letting teams be regionalized in the preseason if this is if like if this preseason is all of the teams that are both in the intramural and the uh, competitive league, I still have to go. What are you learning from here? Other than that, your tool has really bad usage. That you haven't actually thought about how you're structuring the competitive league, and just put something together that represents the actual product that you want. If you want your competitive league to be competitive start sorting and practicing your vet your seating system start practicing what you know teams to be good at start practicing how you want your production staff to be running this like this just seems like i would have i would rather have uh, cr6 have the support from face it as opposed to what face it has built from the ground up it doesn't look like they've taken much of the lessons from these other collegiate leagues that have existed to really put something together at least the tool with considering it's from face it considering it has the support of ubisoft that the tool that aggregates data and is supposed to be a tool for understanding and showing things off is no better than the publicly run volunteered groups of cr6 and cea yeah. This this has been one of our main critiques of collegiate Rambo of collegiate Rambo Six as a whole, not the league, but all of the different leagues. They all do some things better than the others, and one team, one league does one thing better but worse in another, and another league does that thing better but then other things worse, and you get this trifecta of failure and success. Face it, just looks like they're doing more of that as opposed to build, bringing everybody up. That's yeah. my main complaint right now is just like I, I see this tool and I want it to work and I want it to work so much better because it would provide a lot of data for you and I to go off of and mm -hmm. start adding a perspective to things. But it's just not there. And so if that's what they're learning from this preseason, awesome. Like, let's see it in functionality work for that for that spring league. But the way that they're organizing these matches, the way that they're kind of haphazardly walking through this because i haven't seen much hype about this i haven't seen much discussion about things even on their discord server it just it feels like they're very sheepishly dipping their toe into this even though they've already committed to doing it so uh, i would love feedback from anybody who's on the player side or the coaching side who's interacting with face it uh, on behalf of their team hear how things are going for you because from the outside it looks like business as usual for collegiate rainbow six Again, not the league, but the environment as a whole. So 
that's where I stand on this. There's a lot of usability improvements. There's hopefully some production improvements and some just clarifications of what their intent is about what they're actually building. So hard punches left, right, uppercut, but someone's got to tell them. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, I mean, what are your thoughts? I mean, I showed you digging, I sh or you and I dug around on the tool a little bit before we started and yeah my thoughts on face it yeah um honestly i mean i couldn't i couldn't tell you yet but from the looks of it currently it it, it, it i don't know I, I, I there's there's not enough information for me to give it an, an accurate judgment quite yet you know it's brand new yep um we're in the preseason to the actual season so I guess maybe probably about halfway through the first season is probably when I'll 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 have a judgment of it. Hmm. Yeah, and but, I mean, yeah, I I agree. There's going to be growing pains, and C. Jomo calls it out too. There will be growing pains, and like what you were saying, like this is their first go at it, but like this is, for being a product, for being a professional product, that's where I kind of go. Is it? as i look over I, at my glasses and go are you sure the fact that it's the fact that this whole tournament is being run off of the little face it um program that they use to run all the other face it stuff doesn't feel very professional right yeah i don't know maybe maybe it's just me it feels like um they just copy and pasted what the other leagues were doing and then yep. we're just like you know we'll add a preseason to it yeah to where everyone can just scrim each other and if, it, if it, it feels it almost feels lazy to me almost yeah. i mean cjomo calls out growing pains but it feels very impersonal at times less direct interaction with admins to take care of issues and roster changes so it feels really weird uh Olven is saying it just feels like they threw the preseason out there to keep people busy while they work on the main season yeah I could totally get behind that. And if they are copy-pasting yeah. how the Face It client works with uh, other games and they just copy-paste that onto CR6 or onto Rainbow Six, like, they must have known that this tool does not handle, doesn't scale well with the number of teams that we're looking at. Or it's not the greatest user experience, and so it's hard to pull data out of this do I need a separate API and do I need some engineers to help me out to get the things that I want out of it? But then it's a tool for a tool. And then it just seems like a poorly executed primary tool. Homie Migs chiming in that he agrees with Olven saying that they just threw it out there to keep people busy. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's, I, and this is I, their first blush. This is everyone's first impression of face it owning collegiate rainbow six esports, and, this does not leave a great deal of confidence from me. It's just, this is, to me, this was an insanely lazy placeholder. Oh, I, I, I really, I really hope that they have something really good following this. Otherwise it's just going to be a big disappointment and they're just going to, they're going to see, okay maybe not people probably won't leave because they've got too they've got too big of a prize pool for people to to leave right but yep they've it's bought gonna be, it's gonna be miserable. royalty it's, yeah it's gonna be, be miserable. it'll be a, a miserable experience yep. you know and i would have rather had crsl improve on their standings and improve on their production than have someone else come in and just kind of mail it in that's how it seems mm -hmm. this is public perception at this point and you're right teams probably won't drop out of this players won't drop out of it because it's got the largest prize pool of the three different leagues mm -hmm. and probably the biggest notoriety behind it ubisoft support face it professional organization probably some opportunity for some easy marketing from uh, the competitive teams to be able to say hey look at us we're we're nationally recognized and nationally competing all that stuff. And, and from what I understand, some actual stage time, mm -hmm. right? So, 
you know and, I mean, yeah and we were we were theory crafting uh when we first read the face it rules that they hadn't decided when the grand finals of the spring season was going to be because it could align with a rainbow six pro league major so then instead of like an all-star match or in addition to an all-star match you can have your face it championship match on stage broadcast live with the main event for professional rainbow six that's a badass yeah. thing yeah instead of like a i think they were going to do that you know because it aligns with a pro league match instead of doing like a creator showdown or something mm-hmm they'll have the, the the collegiate grand final and you'll probably be casted by the pro league casters and when you think about the number of eyes who watch the rainbow six majors where we have like what two hundred thousand players like unique people watching rainbow six esports not simultaneously but like actively participating like two hundred thousand is nothing to scoff at you look at different media sources and they put rainbow six in that tier one tier two esport range and it's still growing so mm-hmm. assuming that that can that uh that pattern can continue putting college in front of that many spectators and then seeing great competition it's going to grow the collegiate league you're going to see reciprocation of effort come in so they have mm-hmm. to pull it off they have to pull it off because you don't want to have that lazy look be the first impression that you give to everyone else who just gets introduced to collegiate or the people who or the kids who are playing but didn't realize collegiate esports is a thing and that they could get into it like mm-hmm. for the kids who aren't do, aren't don't have a team to go into cha- uh, challenger league but then they can go into co- collegiate and get this level of experience that's a huge boon for all of them so i i would be uh, i would be severely disappointed if face it doesn't really step it up over the next few weeks and over the holidays yeah i mean yeah it it would exactly be like that olvin it would be in front of the u.s nationals uh or like the like the u.s um majors before like the finals for the playoffs or the main events before a um major an international major but yeah u.s nationals makes a lot of sense yeah that makes more sense i mean but at the, it'd be at the cool same if that got actual stage time but and at the same time i don't know if um europe uh has a european collegiate league being run by face it that'd be something interesting to find out or see who's running a collegiate europe league and see if they plan on doing anything with their uh, european pro league because that, I mean, esports is in all colleges across Europe right now as well. So you could easily imply that you could have that in all of the major regions that they have the pro league running. Which then you run a collegiate major and you build and you build and you build. Like you keep building mm-hmm. off of the attention that you have. Community run Euro Uni League. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be that. But who who would stop ESL or face it or... Uh, hell, you could ha- probably have Dignitas run your own European Collegiate League. I mean, pro pro teams are looking for that level of content creation so and production, so it's entirely possible. Yeah, and there's three majors a year in the new Ubisoft eSports plan. Yeah, I mean, all-star game in one, or all-star matchup at one, uh, creator con or creator challenge up in another and then collegiate championship if the competition's good enough even if it was only u.s universities participating if the competition was good enough and if the planning was deep enough and if that's where they want wanted to draw the attention to especially if they can pull out that there's more north american uh watchers spectators and then like you know like european then you put your u.s teams on the spotlight and you show that off on stream like you want to go where the attention's at and the attention could possibly be coming from uh the u.s more than anywhere else hard to say i don't have that data yeah even as a major it could be u.s nationals that's right and 
I mean, we could, we could go down this rabbit hole for a long time, but I think we've said what we've wanted to say about things. And if you have feedback, as usual, you can reach out to me or Syntax on Twitter at WarlockerCall or at SyntaxGG. We can also, once again, leave messages for us on the podcast at anchor.fm slash checkyour6 slash the slash message and leave your feedback there. We dove into a lot of topics, a lot of teams. Give us updates on where your teams are at, what's changed, what's happening, how you felt you've improved or not quite gone as far as you wanted to uh, in the in your season so far. Let us know. Thanks, everyone. Olvin, Sijomo, Homie Migs, thanks for joining us in chat. Syntax, once again, thanks for joining me on the podcast. I'll let you sign us out for the week and we will hopefully see you all next Saturday as well, or Sunday. We'll find out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, see, Jomo, uh, just me- shoot us a message on Twitter whenever you want to come on. We are welcome to, to schedule around whatever you need. So just let us know. And uh, as always, guys, I really hope you guys have a good week, and we will see you guys next time. Later. Later.